This show contains movie spoilers and swearing. This is Max Hedrum, and what you're about to witness is one of the most sinister-sounding intros to one of the greatest epics ever produced. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Dude Looks Like the 80s. I'm your host RJ McCready and Happy New Year to everybody. We are in 2020. When I last spoke to you guys, it was 2019, it was a Christmas period. Um, I just finished with the last episode which was Outland. And as I mentioned before, I wanted to kickstart the year off with uh, Osploitation, talking about the greatness from Down Under. I'm a little bit delayed in my schedule because I came down with the flu over Christmas and I lost my voice, so I wanted to be a little bit sooner with the episodes, but better late than never. So I'm going to kickstart the show off, or 2020 off, with a incredible movie, one of my favourite movies from the 80s. It's always one of my favourite movies from the 80s, which is Mad Max 2. And if anybody's new to the show, I'll just uh, give you a little brief detail of what I do. I basically do a brief summary of films from the 80s. I'm talking about horror, comedy, um, all different types of genres. And I do a bite-sized show, so it doesn't go on for too long. It's about 20, 30 minutes where I talk about uh, a brief summary of the film itself, what was going on, who starred in the movie, a little bit of trivia, um, a little bit of alternate, who else could have played in the role, that type of thing. So I hope you enjoy the show, guys, and you know the drill. I'm going to play a trailer, and I'll be right back to talk about Mad Max 2. See you guys soon. In the future, cities will become deserts. Roads will become battlefields, and the hope of mankind will appear as a stranger. The Road Warrior, rated R. And welcome back, guys. So the synopsis for this film is, in the post-apocalyptic Australian wasteland, a cynical drifter agrees to help a small, gasoline-rich community escape a horde of bandits. It's got a 96-minute runtime, it's an action-adventure sci-fi, and it was released in 1981. And on IMBD it's got a 7.6 rating, which is quite modest. I think it's uh, very well deserved. 
and it's obviously starring Mel Gibson, Bruce Spence, who plays the gyro captain, uh, Vernon Wells, who we've seen before in films like Commando and Weird Science, who plays uh, one of the bandits called Wes, uh, Gerald Nielsen, who plays Humongous, and Emil Minty, uh, who plays the feral kid. And I think it's only one of the, the only roles that he plays as a child actor. So that's just to name just a few. It was directed by George Miller, who directed the Mad Max movie before this. He had huge success. I think it's one of the best films to come out in Australia. It had the original Mad Max movie had a $350,000 budget. Yeah, I think it took something like $8 million back. It did very well. And the budget's been increased on this movie, which you can see it's got a $2 million budget and the movie kind of screams big budget straight from the off. And I think George Miller, as a director with the Mad Max um, quadrilogy now, he's never had a flop. None of these movies has ever flopped, so they've always done very well. They might be a little bit critical, especially with the third movie. Um, I actually like the third movie. I think there's some good bits in it. Um, obviously, I'm not reviewing that one, but I've, I think there's a little bit of an issue with the middle part of that movie. But the beginning and the end is pretty good. Um, and the recent instalment of the now quadrilogy is uh, Fury Road, which I really enjoyed. And George Miller did it again. He went to Hollywood and he managed to get some money to make this film. Quite a lot of money, I think. And it was mostly practical special effects and explosions, everything we want as fans with these movies. And he released it, everybody loved it, and it made a lot of money. It, again, he, he doesn't seem to uh, fail the box office, he does very well with these films. So hopefully we will get another um, Mad Max instalment, uh, which I think is Fusoria or The Wasteland, um, which is kicking around. So hopefully we will see that soon. But going back to Mad Max 2, uh, or The Road Warrior, and let's just talk about that. It did come out as The Road Warrior, I think, in America. And the reason why George Miller did this was because he wanted to break the states with this movie. So um, even though Mad Max, the first one, was successful, I don't think it broke the states. So with the second one, he's made a standalone movie, and that is quite kind of evident when you watch the film, which is what I'll talk about later. And he thought we call it the Road Warrior, and that's why you get that great segment at the beginning of the film, which kind of gives you that backstory. And I think on that note, Mad Max Two to me has always been. A f if you only ever see one Mad Max film, this this is it basically. Um, it's a little bit like Star Wars: A New Hope. It's almost like it's that one where it's kind of in the middle. It kind of uh, ties up on both ends. So that's quite clever marketing. And it obviously did break the states as well. And it did really well. Um, took a lot of money. And I think still to this day, this movie is still fan favourite. It's still favourite amongst um, the fans of Mad Max out there when we talk about it. So, And let's talk about the music in this film. Um, it, it was recorded by Brian May. Now, when I first watched this film, when I see Brian May, I'm thinking of Queen. I'm thinking the lead guitarist from Queen, but it's not. He's actually a Australian film composer. Um, he made a couple of other uh, film scores for um, an Australian film called The Quest or The Go Kids. 
and um, a kind of Indiana Jones type um, spin-off called Sky Pirates. Um, so he did a film score to that. So it's not Brian May. It's not a guy from Queen. So I was quite surprised about it. It's only of late that I realised that. So it's, it's had me all along, that one. But let's have a look at this movie. Let's get into this. So the film starts off, as I mentioned earlier, it's like a vintage documentary footage of the world collapsing, the oil companies arguing with each other, a war taking place. And you also get footage from the Mad Max movie from showing the police fighting the marauder bandits and losing control. So it's chaos and anarchy in the world and... And as I said earlier, you didn't see the last Mad, Mad Max movie, which, however, I don't think I did. I think this is the first one that I watched. It, it tells you what's happened in that brief two minutes, so you, you get an idea what's going on. And then, boom, it goes straight into it. you got Max driving down the highway in his um, Interceptor, the last of the Interceptors, which is a pretty cool car. It's an absolute badass car. And he is being pursued by marauders, by the bandits, by... The character Wes, played by Vernon Wells and his crew. So with the sound of the V8 engine roaring from Max's car, he deploys the booster and outruns the bandits. And as a result, two of the bandit vehicles um, crash. And Max stops the car and he runs out and he tries to salvage as much gasoline from the vehicles as he can. It kind of shows a desperate attempt to say how important gasoline is in this world. And there's also like a little bit of a message in this scene. And I've got to mention earlier, George Miller has thrown these in. If you look close enough in this movie, the more times you watch it, um, there's blood dripping from the gas tank or from the marauder guy in the car into the gasoline. So it's almost like saying that there is blood in gasoline in this world. This is what people are prepared to do. They're prepared to die for this um, mineral. So... Wes stops the motorbike, he looks at Max and with angry, kind of like, he's got this, um, like a sort of bow and arrow or something on his arm and he points it towards his face or towards Max in anchor and then he drives away. So it's kind of like, I'm going to come back for you and um, the fight is not over between us. And that's also the other thing with this movie, I just thought I'd mention with... Um, Straight away there, you've got, I mean, this is literally five minutes into the scene. You've got some really good, you've got a really good action shot, um, really good set design. And also the costumes of the characters there, each character in this movie has its own personality. And I think that's what makes this film, it's what makes it for me when I watch it. Um, you've also got, um, ironically, uh, one of the guys in the car pursuing Max is dressed in a police uniform, so... You don't know what the backstory there is. Is it because he's killed a police officer and he's taken the uniform? Um, but George Miller has actually created a backstory for each and every one of these characters. Um, kind of gives them their own sort of personality. And just stands them out a little bit. And I, I think that works really well for this film. So then after a short while, Max continues and he comes across a gyrocopter which has a snake on it and out of curiosity he approaches it and as he reaches out for the gyrocopter we get a one of my favourite characters in this movie is the gyro captain Bruce Spence who looks like he's just come out from the circus um, in a Biggles outfit. Um, he's got a crossbow and 
I think what he does here is he uses that gyrocopter out of curiosity to draw people in so then he can take the gasoline from um, these victims or whatever. So he points the arrow towards Max. He goes up to the interceptor and he says that he wants his gasoline. And Max has the car rigged up with explosives. He turns them off. And the gyro captain says, you know, I'm not going to fall for anything here. And then as he approaches the car, the um, dog, which I forgot to mention, pretty cool dog in this movie, who I love, um, jumps out of the car and takes the gyro captain down. And as Max is about to almost kill him, I suppose you could say, because in this world it is a dog-eat-dog world, before Max... Kills in the gyro captor comes out as much gasoline as you want. So Max teams up with this. Well, sorry, teams up with him. It's quite funny actually. He ties him up to the car with a gun with um, Max's dog. We're going to call the dog Dinky D. I think his name is called Dinky D. It's not his name, but um, it's on the tin. So Dinky D is there with a piece of rope on the trigger with the gun. <laughs> it's, it gets me every time. He's uh, the gyro captain sort of looking in <laughs> distress, almost shit in his pants. And there's a great scene as Max is driving by. The, um, the gyro captain looks out the window and he kind of sort of like sees a rabbit run. And then the dog sort of looks at it, but it doesn't move. And it's just, uh, yeah, it's great. And then there's as much as Mel Gibson in this movie or Max is just straight down the line. You can see him drive and he just sort of smiling there's a little bit of a smile coming out of him so you're just letting off a little bit there max and also to mention i keep doing this guy sorry about this i just uh keep thinking about things i was going to mention what i forgot to mention earlier it's also max he's actual look in this movie compared to the last one he just feels a little bit more sort of into the role of Mad Max, as you would imagine him in the wasteland with what he's wearing. He just seems a bit more of a badass. Feels like he's sort of just moulded into the role. Um, and the only way I can sort of explain this when I look at it is it's a little bit like um, Ash from The Evil Dead. Well, the way he starts out in the first movie, he is a badass. He's running around with the axe. But by the time you get to the second Evil Dead movie, you get a real sort of solid Ash with a you know chainsaw and a shotgun, and he really is sort of he's really blended into this role. And it's almost like the production of that film as well had a little bit more of a budget to sort of throw it out there. So that's kind of how I see this film. It's kind of for me, just personally, is the Evil Dead two in the Mad Max. Um, world if that kind of makes sense so the character really has sort of broadened up but that's not taking anything away from what Mel Gibson did or Max did in the first movie I'm just saying it's been ramped up a bit but I'll just sort of throw that one in there but moving on um, so the gyro captain takes Max to this um, like a I suppose it's, it's like an atoll or something like that or the or compound and they're on a ridge and Max is looking through binoculars and he can see that um, what the captain has said is true. It's a oil refinery. They look like they've got as much gasoline there um, as they can throw out. But they are being attacked by the marauders, by the bandits. The um, And one of the bandits there is Wes, which we saw earlier, played by Vernon Wells. So Max settles in for the night and it's quite a funny scene where he's 
eaten out of a tin of dog food called Dinky D. And he throws the tin to the dog and the gyro captain tries to reach out for the tin and the dog tries to bite his hand off. But then as the evening goes, you see the gyro captain, he's eating out the tin, he's sort of taking a bit of dog food out. And it's quite funny because he, he even pulls out like a little napkin just to sort of wipe his mouth with it. So he's just had a slap up meal. So there's quite a little bit of uh, funny humour in this movie. So it gets to the morning and... There's a small group of people, about four people together, um, who flee from the compound in a couple of vehicles and they get pursued by the bandits and the, um, they get killed. Um, it's quite a horrible scene where one of the one of the girls gets raped by the bandits and it really does sort of bump up the sort of nastiness of the bandits and I think in these situations, in these movies, it makes them even... Um, it makes you root for the good guys in these in these movies, so it, it really does show how bad these people are. But Max takes this opportunity to um, rescue one of the surviving um, people from the compound, and he uses this opportunity to take the guy back, and as he's taking him back, he makes a deal with him to say, look, if I rescue you, um, I want as much gasoline as I can. That's all I want. That's 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 the deal, basically. So it gets him back to the um, compound. This is where he meets Papa Gallo, the leader of the oil refinery. And they don't trust Max, but they still let him in. Um, and they bring in his interceptor. And the guy that Max has rescued dies. And Papa Gallo says that you know the deal that you had with him has died. The contract has died with him. So you're not going to get any gasoline. And this is where you get the famous scene where you meet the leader of the, the Marauders, uh, the Lord Humongous, he turns up, looking like uh, a combination of Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jason Voorhees with a hockey mask. And this is where you get the scene that I played at the beginning, uh, where the Humongous is introduced. And the thing that i just come to realise of late and never thought about it before is that this film came out in 1981 and I always thought that there was a Easter egg or homage to Jason Voorhees with the bad guy but <laughs> Humongous or George Miller actually did it first um, because I think it was only uh, Friday the 13th part 3 where Jason has the hockey mask and that doesn't come out until I don't know if I have to check. I think it's about 1984 or something like that. So it was a couple of years after this. So Humongous did it first. He wore the hockey mask. So just a little bit of trivia there. Not that I'm taking anything away from the Friday the 13th movie. So just to get that one straight. So yeah, so you've got Humongous and then himself. He also, as I said earlier, all these characters that you see in this scene and in the Royal Refinery, everybody there... Um, has their own backstory. Their own backstory is actually written on paper in the production notes that what's happened to them leading up to this event. And even all the bandits that you see close-ups of um, on camera, you then see them later on. You can tell how many times I've watched this film. You actually see their death scenes later on. Or not just uh, death scenes, so I don't know, all of them die. Um, later on but either it's either a you see them driving or firing a weapon or 
doing something. So Miller is, it's, it's good to be an extra in these films with Miller because you kind of get a role to play somewhere later on, um, which is pretty cool. So um, the more times you watch this film, the more you, you kind of see that. And then going back to uh, Humongous uh, character, there's also a theory, something that I've heard that it could be Goose from the first movie, one of um, Max's friends when he was in the police as, as, as an interceptor. Because um, where he was, where Goose was burnt on the motorcycle, it's kind of like he's taking a turn, become a bad guy or something like that. It's just the theory. It hasn't been confirmed, but that's one of the tie-ups to that character but then you've also got um because you see him open up a box with a looks like a smith and wesson he's got pictures of um being i think it's either a german general or something like that um german insignias so it could be that he is was one of the generals from the great war that um took place which you see in the beginning so there's these little bits of trivia flying about but moving on from that so Humongous gives um, the oil refinery guys a deal, or Papa Gallo a deal, to say, look, if you guys leave, we won't we won't kill you. Uh, we'll let you go. Just let us come in, and then we'll just take the uh, gasoline. But no, nah, I wouldn't trust this guy. You better bottom dollar. He is going to kill you. So because these are some nasty characters. You're also introduced to the uh, feral kid from the compound, who's. Um, He's like a little caveman, and he's got a um, boomerang, which he throws to the bandits, and one of the guys who introduces Humongous catches it, and he gets his fingers chopped off. And then the feral kid throws a boomerang again, and it goes towards Wes, and Wes's partner, you don't really know whether it's his um, partner as such, whether they're in a relationship, but again, there's another, (laughs) here you go, Another bit of trivia flying around as a backstory that Wiz actually took care of this guy, as as in sort of IE, found him in the wasteland and um, looked after him. So, bottom line is, I guess I just don't know. But um, either way, he gets killed by the uh, boomerang and he gets pretty upset about that. So, that's all Joel's him on. Um, and then you kind of get... It's funny with these bandits because they sort of show a little bit of emotion as well as being bad, where Humongous um, says to Wes, you know, we've all lost people. We've all felt each other's pain. So it's, as I said earlier, the characterisation in this film is really good. You've got loads of action, but then you've got all this stuff as well. So you're kind of seeing it from both sides. Um but after this ordeal, uh, the bandits leave, and this is where um, Max takes the opportunity to, again, he, he sees a opportunity and he takes it, and he says to Public Gallo that, you know, a couple of days ago I found a truck that will be able to haul that tanker, and if I get that truck, again, let's do a deal, can I have as much gasoline to carry my car, and I'll just be on my way, so... So Max goes to get the truck. He carries a couple of um, barrels of um, diesel. And along the way, he is helped by the feral kid to get past the marauder camp. And along the way, he is reunited with the gyro captain. And 
And again, they team up and um, he gets him to use the gyrocopter to get to the truck. He starts it up and uh, Max drives the truck back to the compound. But again, it's not an easy thing because he's got to get past the bandits again. And as he's approaching the cab, you get another action scene. It's pretty cool. Um, it's like a sort of foreshadow to what's going to happen later on with Max driving the truck. And... Um, get some cool action scenes here the bandits jumping on and blowing the tires up um, but Max manages to get back into the compound and a couple of the marauders come in as well and there's a fight scene and you get Wes he turns up again he's always sort of leading these attacks and he jumps onto the um, oil refinery and this is where you get this uh, scene here it's a pretty cool scene or quote for the film you can run but you can't hide so the truck is in pretty bad shape. It's been um, it's been shot at, and this is where uh, Public Alley's mechanic is given twelve hours to repair it. And at this point, everybody's kind of depending on Max here, thinking that he's the guy who's going to take charge. But Max is gone. No, nope. I've done what I've done. Um, just kept on my deal. I just want me uh, gasoline, and. He rides off into the sunset in the Interceptor, uh, but then he gets taken out by the uh, Marauders who um, take him on and the Interceptor flips over and um, Max is in pretty bad shape, almost sort of left for dead. But then he is rescued by the Gyro Captain who um, takes him back to the um, compound and then this is where Max has nothing to lose, he doesn't have his car anymore, he's kind of in a situation where he's just gone, you know what, I'll drive that truck for you, I'm the best chance that you've got. But um, Papa Gallo says, no, you know, the contract's off, I don't want you to do it anymore, but they, they get round to it and eventually Max is um, put forward to drive the truck and this is where you get the iconic um, truck scene that's coming up. So Max leaves the compound with the truck and with the aid of Papa Gallo in an armoured vehicle and the feral kid and a few other of the um, guys from the oil refinery, they um, full throw ahead and off they go. And when you look at the back of the truck on the, the oil, the container, there's a number seven on there. And again, this is another... Um, kind of homage to what was going on at the time it's number seven and apparently it's the seven oil companies at the time called the seven sisters so um, apparently they were involved in the world dispute which is shown at the beginning and the war that happened so there you go it's just another little bit of trivia there chucked in so yeah here we go man this is the pinnacle of the movie uh it's the scene where there's apparently there's like 300 stunts involved live stunts and it really does pack a punch man there's just so much going on in this i think it's like a 20 minutes of the film where you've got explosions you've got car crashes you're getting people getting killed getting people running on under tires um and as you're closing in on this um truck journey um people getting killed papa gallo gets killed and then the gyro captain he gets shot down but he does survive but there's a funny scene where he chucks a few volatile cocktail and he just sort of sticks two two fingers up 
Um, but then you are just left with Max and the Feral Kid, and it really is like like desperation time. Are they are they going to make it? And you've got Wes who jumps onto the truck, and you think he's fallen off on the front grill. But as the Feral Kid is trying to reach out for some ammunition for Max, this is where you sort of like get a jump scene where Wes like pokes his head up and sort of starts shouting. But then as Max is driving forwards, he drives into Lord Humongous. And this is where they crash together and the truck turns over. And um, Max gets beaten up real bad. And as he looks outside from the truck onto the um, oil tanker, instead of seeing oil flooding out from it, he sees sand. So Max is a diversion for the... um, the other members of the oil refinery who have fled in like a sort of caravan, I suppose you could say, or um, with all the oil in the back of their, their trucks. So again, I suppose you could say that well, Max has been had over him. Um, he's been used as a diversion tactic. But then um, he's laying on the side of the truck and he looks up and the gyro captain turns up and he sort of, Guys, a guy, and he sort of salutes him, and this is where you get a little bit of emotion from Max, where he just looks up and he just laughs, almost to think, you know what? It, it, it's just a situation with me in the wasteland just can't get any more worse, and that is how the film ends. You, the feral kid, becomes the leader of what they call like the Northern Tribe, and and the gyro captain um, becomes like the new Papa Gallo. Um, so it is a it's a good end. It's a good story in the end. They do um, they do do succeed, but Max is left in the wasteland. But I think that's just how he wants it. He just wants to roam around and uh, do his own thing. So the clip that you see at the beginning of the movie, that's what I forgot to mention, of Max all beaten up, is the clip that you see at the end of the film. So there you go, guys. That's it. That is Mad Max 2. If you haven't seen this film, go and check it out. I'm pretty sure you probably have seen it. But um, yeah, it's a good movie. And as I said earlier in the show, it is a um, standalone movie. And it does everything that you want for a Mad Max film. And um hope you enjoyed the show, guys. Um, I will be back for um, hopefully another episode soon. Um with my exploitation month well actually i'm getting close to the end of the month (laughs) Um, but the next episode is going to be um dead end driving uh, which is a film that i found last year i think with a release of arrow i quite enjoyed it i thought it was a good film um i'll talk about that um i think it's kind of got a little bit of a link to the mad max world um, which well, I will talk about in the episode so look out for that one hopefully that will be coming out soon and um, again uh, if there's any films you want me to check out let me know on social media on our Facebook page it's a great page we're having loads of fun on there so uh, thank you to everybody who contributes on that page and I'm also a proud member of Legion Podcast, so that is a great group. And also check out all the other shows that are on that group. And I will see you guys soon.